This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. God, for the glory of his name, is reconciling and reclaiming all things to himself. He's just yearning for you. He's longing for you. He wants friendship and relationship with you. He needs you. Oh, you're breaking his heart. No, he's going to break you. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. This, like, when you say, I, I just can't believe in a God that would, you realize it doesn't matter. You don't get to define God. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us some men who know the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God, that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? What's going on, guys? Welcome to Matter of Theology. Uh, I figured we would do a little bit of work in Romans 1. We're not going to finish it up, although I know we keep I keep saying that we're going to finish it up, uh, but we're not going to finish it up this time. Uh, but we are going to do some work in it. Uh, so I'm going to kind of recap, uh, starting from verse 18 to where we're going to pick up. Uh, if you haven't listened to the other episodes on Romans 1, go back. They're in the archive. Uh, download them, listens to uh, parts 1 through 3, uh, and we start from verse 1, and we go all the way through verse 25. So, But right now, I'm going to recap from verse 18 onward. So starting from verse 18 onward, the wrath of God is being revealed. The wrath is being revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. And men, in their sin, in their unrighteousness, suppress the truth of God. Man loves his sin and is naturally an enemy of God. So because man loves his sin and he hates God, he suppresses, suppresses the truth of God in order to continue to live out his life in his sin. And if you keep reading onward, if you don't believe that man is an enemy of God, if you keep reading uh, and you get to chapter 5, verse 10, Paul actually tells us, For if while we were enemies, we were enemies of God, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. <clears throat> now, verse 18 through 21 verses 18 through 21 is we get a picture of general revelation that is God revealing himself through his creation now general revelation uh, gives us knowledge of God it is not enough to save us we need special revelation which comes from uh, the truths of the gospel what Christ has done uh, we that comes from the pages of scripture what is within scripture but general re revelation is enough to condemn us. So in, in 18 through 21, we get a clear picture of general 
revelation. God revealing himself and his creation, yet man in his unrighteousness suppresses this truth of God. So there's a knowledge of God and there's a suppression of the truth and knowledge of God. This suppression, okay, is an active uh, holding down. So imagine you're in a pool and you're trying to hold a beach ball underwater, that's what it is. That's the picture of suppression. That's what Paul's trying to tell you. It's these these men or, and women, these people who suppress the truth have to actively hold it down. They have to actively suppress it. So while they are suppressing the truth, they're creating idols. And these create these idols that they are creating are coming from creation, birds, man. Uh, four-legged animals, uh, creepy, crawly creatures. Uh, in their <clears throat> in their rejection of God, in their creating idols, their hearts are becoming darkened. In their darkened hearts, they begin to not be able to think rightly. Okay, so they profess. This is moving into verse twenty-two. They're professing to be wise. This is a worldly wisdom. Worldly wisdom rejects God. It doesn't want anything to do with God. And when you reject God, you become a fool. Now this only goes from bad to worse. When you start down this hill, this rejection of God, creating idols, suppression of the truth and the glory of God, it only picks up speed. And when you're on this hill, okay, because at, at one point we were all on this on this hill, going down this hill of suppression, the uh, suppressing the truth of God. The only way to come off of it is if God sovereignly takes you off of it. He saves you. He draws you to himself. He gives you a new heart. But there comes a point where if you're on this hill, going down this, this slippery slope in your suppression of the truth, the rejection of God, God says, okay, if that's what you want, then I'll give it to you. And he actually gives them over. This, that's what we see in verse 24. This giving over is literally God giving them a push in the direction that they want to go. And what does he give them over to? The lusts of their hearts to impurity. The vile immorality that the natural man apart from Christ desires. He gives them what they want. He gave them over so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. Now, this, this dishonoring of the bodies among them, this is getting into sexual sin, sexual immorality. Uh, a nation, when a nation starts its, its movement into decline... It begins with a sexual revolution. And America already had one in the 60s. 
And what we see here in scripture is first the sexual revolution, the giving over to the dishonoring of the bodies. And now getting into verse 26, for this reason, this is, this is really where, where we're picking up in, in the passage, for this reason. What reason? The rejection of God, the suppression of the truth and knowledge of God, and the creating for themselves idols out of creation. God gave them over. He's pushing them in that direction. He gave them over to degrading passions. These are shameful and disgraceful acts. Paul tells us uh, what these degrading acts are. Uh, but before we get into what these degrading acts are, you go back to uh, the verse 24, the dishonoring of their bodies among them. We see the sexual revolution. Now, what we get into is we get into the homosexual revolution. That's the next verses that follow. God gave them over to degrading passions um, to do these, these shameful acts. And these shameful acts are women exchange the natural function of their body for the unnatural. That's what it says at the end of verse 26. For their women exchange the natural function for that which is unnatural. Now this is where we get the first and really the only uh, uh, mention of lesbianism in the Bible. The natural function of the woman's body would be the marrying of men. That would be the, a natural function. Uh, having children... That would be the natural function. But they're exchanging the natural for that which is unnatural, and they're desiring one another. They have a passion, a burning passion for one another. And we know this is about homosexuality because as you keep reading, the very next phrase, we see the men doing the exact same thing. And in the same way, verse 27, and in the same way also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desires towards one another. This is now some people will try to say this is about pederasty. This is about men and young boys. No, because the text doesn't say that in the same way. Men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desires toward one another. Men with men. This is homosexuality. Two men, not a man and a boy. This is men and men committing these acts. And they receive in their persons... In their bodies, they receive in their bodies the penalty of their error. Now, the penalty of their error, the, we, we, this could be disease, okay? And we see uh, AIDS is a big epidemic in America. Um, but ultimately, while, while disease is a consequence of this, ultimately, it is eternal damnation. 
their that their rejection of God. Anytime you reject God, you suppress his truth. You exchange the natural for that which is unnatural. You will receive in your person the consequences that you are due. And ultimately the consequence that is due is eternal damnation. When you burn with desire for the things of the world, when you chase after the things of the world, the world will lead to the burning of the soul in eternity. The world will lead to the burning of the soul for eternity. When you exchange the truth of God for a lie, God will see to it that you exchange the natural for the unnatural. This doesn't lead to judgment. This is judgment. This isn't, we're not waiting for some kind of judgment to come as a result of this. This turning over is the judgment. It, it, it's a judgment upon these people. We're not waiting for the judgment to take place. As soon as God turns them over, that is a pronouncement of judgment upon them. And we see this in our own nation. We see God's loosening of his hand of restraint. We see men that think they're women and women who think that they're men. We see perfectly healthy bodies being pumped full of hormones that are not natural to their body in order to change their gender. Just because they're confused and they have uh, a feeling that they're not who they're actually supposed to be and that they were created wrong. It, that's a rejection of God, a suppression of the truth, and ultimately God has given them over to the, the degrading passions of their heart so that now they start to take it to its fullest extent to actually mutilating their own bodies. That is judgment. And now our society is telling us that we should not only accept this, but we should celebrate it. And if you don't, we're going to come after you. You're going to be labeled as a bigot. You're going to be labeled as a homophobe. You're going to be labeled as this. You're going to be labeled as that. Which is so ironic from a group of people that profess tolerance. A society will not last with this type of rejection of God, with this type of depravity of mind. A society cannot last because ultimately it won't be able to function. This will lead to the death of a society. There are very, very close similarities between America now and ancient Rome before Rome was no longer an empire. There's a lot of similarities. But I think that is a good place to stop for now, um, only because I want to tackle 28 through 32 all at once. Um, so that's going to do it for this very mini episode of Matter of Theology, not used to only going for 
14 and a half minutes. But I figured we would revisit some of Romans 1, do a little bit of work in that, um, and then we'll see uh, whenever we can get back into Romans 1 after some of the other shows that we're going to do. But for right now, uh, we're going to end at 27. Next time we get back into Romans 1, I promise will be the last time we're in Romans 1. We'll finish it up, verse 28 through 32, to close out Romans 1. So thank you for joining me. Hope it was insightful. Hope that it was beneficial. And until next time, we will see you later. Uh